Relax. You're quite safe here. <laughs> Good evening, and welcome to Rock Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it at cnjradio.com or you're subscribed and leaving a star rating and review on iTunes and never missing one single episode. Thank you especially everybody who does that. All right, this episode is along the lines of what we do from time to time here on Rock Strikes 10. Albeit with a little bit of a twist, this is going to be a Fallen episode. As uh, some of you may know, longtime friends of the show, whenever we have 10 deaths in music, whether they were a singer, or a musician, a songwriter, producer, anybody that contributed anything to rock history, we pay tribute to them here on Rock Strikes 10 with our Fallen specials. And the different twist on this particular episode is two different things. Number one, normally Logan is with me on these Fallen episodes. But he's not here tonight. We're, we've been having scheduling conflicts. But rest assured, Logan will be back to do some of the regularly scheduled Fallen episodes for the ones that have left us throughout the last couple of months. We're going to catch up on those very soon. So tonight we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to do a little bit of a half-and-half half tribute here. Had two recent major rock deaths over the last couple of weeks. Very sad. Of course, Chris Cornell, and just the other day, actually, as I'm recording this, we lost Greg Allman. Two very influential singers in rock history from different decades, but of equal importance. And I feel it would be remiss if I did not do a fallen tribute to these two particular guys. Now, right there, you know, I know I've done full episode tributes to other artists in the past. I'm doing a 50-50 split with Chris Cornell and Greg Allman. Uh, not as any kind of sign of disrespect. I definitely do have enough respect for both of these men. However, I, I kind of felt like if I did a full episode for both, I would I just would feel like a poser because I'll be dead honest with you. I have a decent amount of records by both of these artists, but I'm not one of those guys that has the whole catalog of either. You know, so there is respect. It's just uh, you know, I can't wax about it and be an authority like I would maybe on a few other artists. So that's why I'm doing it this way. You know, with the Greg Allman one, I'm definitely going to be playing personal favorites. We're going to do him at the top of the show. And for Chris Cornell, we'll do on the second half of the show. So I hope you enjoy both parts. It's kind of a split episode, but we're still playing 10 songs. No more, no less, like I always do here. So let's kick things off here with our Greg Allman tribute. And I'm not going to talk too much, except, you know, at the top and bottom of these episodes. Just going to get into the music and pay our respects. So, you know, Greg Allman died yesterday as of this recording. Big loss. I mean, but at the same time, you know, I mean, that guy, I mean, if, you, if you've read any kind of history books that reference him or even just like a full book about the Allman brothers, uh, whether the ones that are still with us or not, I mean, they cheated death multiple times. And I believe Greg Allman made it to like 69 or 70 years old or something like that. The guy lived a hard life. So the fact that he made it to like, you know, what we consider our twilight years, that's that's pretty damn impressive, I gotta say. And so let's kick things off with something from the very first album, self-titled Almond Brothers Band. Really good record top to bottom. If you're gonna go down the Southern Rock rabbit hole, you'll pretty much do no better than getting the first three studio albums by the Almond Brothers Band, along with of course the super duper essential Fillmore East. Uh, but yeah, this one is from the first album, and I really like this one a lot. That first album really just sounds like they recorded it live, like straight up, like in a theater somewhere, so who knows. But really cool stuff, so check it out. This is Black Hearted Woman. <laughs>
kicking off our five-song Greg Allman tribute on this episode, special episode of The Fallen. That was Black-Hearted Woman from the very first Allman Brothers Band record, self-titled record. We're going to do one more from that record right now. Pretty much an obvious track in their canon, but sometimes obvious songs are obvious for a reason, because they're just great freaking songs. This is no exception. Uh, I was kind of reintroduced to this song, actually, when I was really getting heavy into the Frank Zappa catalog. So they covered this song on the Them or Us record. So if you haven't heard that, go check that out. But here's the original version of Whipping Post.
There you go. Inspired vocals, an inspired performance, and you know, I I definitely subscribe for the most part to the George Carlin theory that white boys really shouldn't play the blues. But God damn it, man, Dwayne Allman wrote one of the greatest blues songs of all time right there with Whip and Post. That thing just smokes, and I'm sure a lot of the classic blues artists would agree, and are probably even mad that they didn't write that themselves. That's definitely a massive exception to the rule there. So, yeah. Whip and Post from the Almond Brothers Band record. Great stuff. And it's definitely been a rough year if you're a big fan of the Almond Brothers. Lost Butch Trucks there earlier in the year. And I even played one of my personal favorite songs off that record. It's not My Cross to Bear for him on there. So that's why I'm not playing that one on the show tonight. We just played that song. So, leaves time for these three other songs here by the Almond Brothers. Of course can't do a proper tribute without this one another great vocal performance by greg allman for almost entirely different reasons than whipping post just really good melody on this one so easy to sing along with always going to be one of my personal favorites from 1970s Idlewild south this is the midnight rider think at least for a handful of us out there that's always going to conjure images of the title credits at the beginning of the devil's rejects but there's nothing wrong with that at all some great southern rock on that soundtrack midnight rider there 
I'm not sure if that or Whipping Post is my overall favorite, but I think I'm going to have to say Midnight Rider. It's probably my overall favorite. I'm always going to love that song. And all the songs I'm actually playing here, I'll just admit it, I have two Almond Brothers releases on CD. Of course, Fillmore East, the deluxe edition, which has a bunch of extra bonus extended jams and stuff like that. And this two-disc called the Almond Brothers Band Gold. Those Gold series are great. I, I just don't care what most people say when they disparage best ofs. That Gold series that Universal put out in the 2000s, those are some of the best best ofs you'll ever hear. And that two-disc Almond Brothers Band collection is really good. I really need to highly recommend that. Like I said, all songs I'm playing tonight are from that collection. i got some other releases of theirs on vinyl, like the self-titled, for instance. But yeah, so that's what I have. Just full disclosure right there. But uh, let's move over. And this is on the Gold Collection, but I, I still feel like this is a pretty deep track. From the year of my birth, 1979... And from one of the great album titles of all time, the album is called Enlightened Rogues. This is Can't Take It With You. close to the bone song there for a death tribute but that was can't take it with you off of the enlightened rogues record from 1979 hope you enjoyed that maybe you never heard that before i don't know 
I'm definitely not playing Ramblin' Man on this tribute. Not to be a jerk or anything, I just really don't care to ever hear that song again. I'm bored with it, I'm done with it. But there's some great stuff in that catalog regardless. And something I was going to say earlier, you know, I'm I'm from Texas, I'm from the South, I was born in Louisiana, so I'm definitely a Southern man by accident of birth, but I'm not a big Southern rock fan. I like a handful of Southern rock bands. Uh, I like the Almond Brothers, but I don't like Skinner things like that i'm weird i guess i don't know but i think just on brothers had it in spades with the songs and the musicianship on top of it plus there's a lot less radio beatings in their catalog that's how i feel about it at least this song was a pretty big hit though from a really popular album called eat a peach and for my money the south probably never did better than this closing off our greg almond tribute with melissa Right, that was Melissa closing off our Greg Almond tribute there. Such a beautiful song, and I think a pretty fitting tribute. Not only am I going to dedicate that to the memory of Greg Almond, but uh, definitely a special shout out to an old friend of mine who 
was an early friend when I was in junior high band back in the day. Uh, also a massive friend of a friend. <laughs> and uh, she was actually named after the song Jessica by the Allman Brothers Band. So that also goes out to the memory of my old friend Jessica Daniels and her friends and family as well. And before I get too emotional, I'm going to switch gears now. All right. And, uh, you know, speaking of junior high, that's an interesting time because the the next artist, of course, that we're going to pay tribute to, Chris Cornell, definitely started popping huge when I was in junior high. So not an authority on Soundgarden or Chris Cornell. Have a handful of records. I, you know, I probably have most of the albums, but, you know, I didn't listen to them on and on multiple times. I have a lot of friends and really close friends that did, and I'm super sad for him as well. I'm super sad for Chris Cornell's family and his kids. He's got a few kids there, and uh, I really just hope they can move on. And I hope, you know, their lives are obviously going to be affected by this forever, but I just only wish them the best. And this goes out to them as well as my friends who felt the massive loss of Chris Cornell. I'm going to play you uh, some personal favorites, stuff that I uh, enjoyed along the journey when I went there, and uh, a couple of requests and dedications from people that are even bigger fans than I. And I think you're going to enjoy this five. And I can almost guarantee out of the five here, you may have heard two or three of these out of the five because I'm going to go pretty deep for this personal journey but we're going to start off with a request and damn i'm glad i got this in last minute as a request from the great pete larusa from space beard our permanent outro band that plays us off every episode pete came in with a true monster and i'm so glad i thought to hit him up because this is exactly the boost that the cornell half needed from the single soundtrack and you're going to want to turn this one up, too. I mean, he definitely wails on this track. So, for Pete and everybody else, this is Soundgarden with Birth Ritual.
Birth Ritual from the 1992 soundtrack to the movie Singles and super duper weird that album literally got reissued out one day after the death of Chris Cornell I'm sure that you can't really take joy in that even if you're a heartless record label so uh, it is interesting because from what I understand all the supplemental material on the single soundtrack tons of bonus tracks there's like a handful uh, a decent handful of Chris Cornell solo songs on that expanded version of the soundtrack so if you're looking to pay further tribute and if you're a completist I definitely recommend that you pick up the new deluxe version of the single soundtrack that's a great soundtrack on its own anyway there's a ton of great artists on there it's not just you know it's definitely more of a seattle show you got the pumpkins from chicago in there of course the great paul westerberg contributing from the minnesota scene and you know it's definitely a important snapshot of the early 90s alternative college rock grunge movement i hate that word i've always hated that word for reasons I always liked, you know, I didn't mind alternative, I suppose. College rock is how I knew it growing up. But anyway, all, all those stupid rants aside, going to go over to an obvious track here, but what we like to do on Rock Strikes 10, whenever it's a song you've heard a billion times, we try to find a different version, an alternate version. There's that word again, alternative. But, uh, you know, for the Super Unknown album, you know, massively popular album, easily their best-selling album, and, you know, tons of singles on there mtv play for days i always liked this song really because i thought the guitar chords were really interesting i thought there was a lot of soul to this song it's super sad as 99 percent of soundgarden material is but i still like it a lot and out of all the singles on super unknown i still like this one so that's saying something if i can personally still enjoy an overplayed single from a very popular album. Big deal for me. So here is the live video version. So if you saw the video for this song, then this is the version you heard. So maybe you haven't heard this version in a while. Nice shine on the song here. And this is Fell On Black Days.
live video version of Fell on Black Days right there. The easiest way you can find that is on the two-disc version and the two-disc version only of Telephantasm, which was basically a best-of compilation, an updated one, a little more comprehensive than the A-Sides collection, although there's nothing wrong with A-Sides. So I hope you enjoyed hearing that version. Something a little different for you. And here's one you've probably never heard. You've probably maybe heard the finished version of this song, but I'm going to play a demo that Chris Cornell recorded probably at his house because it sounds like it was done like on a four-track machine. There's even the use of a drum machine on here. so, And the sound quality is not great. I'm not going to lie to you. So I'm, I'm really prefacing this for disappointment. But I think this is super interesting. This actually does tie in to my previous two episodes where we did the Alice Cooper family tree. Uh, but in 1994... Alice Cooper had an album out called Last Temptation, and it featured two contributions by Chris Cornell, a song called Unholy War and a song called Stolen Prayer, one heavy song and one ballad. Out of those two, I'm not a big fan of Unholy War. I don't think it's a great song for Alice, and I feel like it was probably a better song for Ozzy. At least I think it fit him a lot better, but uh, the song Stolen Prayer is... Truly one of the great songs in the Alice Cooper canon, so I definitely need to thank Chris Cornell for that. And this is the probably the home demo of Chris Cornell's version that he submitted to Alice Cooper for Stolen Prayer. So check out this rarity, and I hope you enjoy it.
That was Chris Cornell's home demo of Stolen Prayer to be later recorded by Alice Cooper on the Last Temptation album. And uh, if you like that, I recommend you seek out the finished version. Uh, You know, just the Last Temptation album as a whole is very good. But on those two songs that Cornell did write for him, Stolen Prayer and Unholy War, he actually does vocals on those tracks as well, like a special guest cameo there. So if you're a Chris Cornell completist, I've got something else for you to hunt down. Uh, The second to last song here on this episode is another request from a fellow podcaster, the great Chris Senzak of the Decibel Geek Podcast. I hit him up earlier today. Always a fun guy to chat with. And he mentioned this one. I actually played this on the show really early on. I did an episode of Real Names in Rock Song Titles. So this is a really cool track, really uncharacteristic of Soundgarden. And I actually really truly believe that the great Reverend Horton Heat from Dallas probably inspired this because a lot of the dates on the Super Unknown tour, Reverend Horton Heat actually opened up. So that's my theory, and I'm sticking to it. And it made for a cool Soundgarden song off of a otherwise morose Down on the Upside record. So here you go. Turn it up for Ty Cobb. There you go, some Ty Cobb for you off of the Down on the Upside record from 1996. Uh, I saw them at Lollapalooza 96 that year. They were the second to last band out that night, right before Metallica as the headliner. And they sounded great, but I, I've always mentioned this uh, whenever we talk Soundgarden to my friends or co workers or whatever, but I gotta say, I've never seen four more distant guys on stage than that Soundgarden set. Now, don't get me wrong, 
I've heard during the reunion years, the last few years, that they were actually getting along, had good stage presence with each other and interaction. So that's really good to hear because they were pretty boring as a live band from a aesthetic standpoint when I saw them in 96. So it's a shame. I should have gone out to see them maybe at Verizon a few years ago, but now I'm never going to get the chance again. Actually, they didn't even get to their Dallas date on this tour. Super sad. Let's get back to something positive. What I was going to mention when I was talking about that Lollapalooza show, the good thing I can pull out of there is I'm always going to have a soft spot for Soundgarden for this reason as well. From what I've read over the years, between Soundgarden and another band that was on Lollapalooza with them that year, Rancid, it was those two bands that were instrumental in getting the Ramones to actually join the Lollapalooza bill that year. And if they hadn't convinced them to play that tour... I would have never gotten to see the Ramones. So if I ever meet anybody else from Soundgarden in my life, I'm definitely going to shake their hand for that and thank them. (laughs) Probably hug them if I can. (laughs) So there you go. Thanks, Soundgarden. We are moving off of Soundgarden. For the last song here, I am going to play an Audio Slave song, a collective gasp from all you snobs out there, all you dorks that refused to acknowledge this other band that Chris Cornell was in called Audio Slave because you think it's like, you know, whatever you think about it. Is it contrived? Is it a label creation? I really don't care. I'll say my personal journey of the Audio Slave albums goes like this. First album is very good, very listenable. Second album, terrible, awful, boring. One of the few albums I've ever sold back. So that being said, that third album, Revelations, I gotta say, is a super solid record. I don't really blame people that didn't pick up that record, because after that abysmal second record, which I I think it's called Out of Exile? Is that it? Yeah, okay. But I, I don't blame anybody who didn't buy Revelations, because that album was so bad, I get it. You probably felt betrayed. You probably fell asleep six times trying to get through it. It's pretty bad. This is a terrible tribute to Chris Cornell. I'm sorry. But that's just how I feel. I say that because Revelations is such a strong record that it's one of those you really got to go back and revisit. Or if you've never had it before, you should check it out. Even if you wind up after this just going over to iTunes and downloading this one song, I will feel like I accomplished my mission on this show as a free rock and roll service to you. So closing off my personal Chris Cornell tribute, one of the great closers of any album, and I do mean that. I'm saying this for the third time on this episode, but you gotta turn this one up as loud as as you can possibly turn it up, because this one's a beast, and it really shows off everybody, especially the dynamic vocal range of Chris Cornell. So the closer tonight is a song called Moth.
All right. For me, that's just a massive, inspiring boost of energy there. And also from another personal standpoint, that's, that came out in 2006. I was having a real shit year that year. Uh, so a song like that to come along and just let me escape for a good five minutes. I'm always going to love that song. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you at least go buy that song or even give Revelations a chance. That album by Audio Slave, And also much respect to Brad, Tim, and Tom because they threw down on that track. You got to admit it. Chris Cornell, rest in peace. I know if you're a massive Chris Cornell fan, you you might not dig this tribute, but for me, it's an honest one, and I hope you can at least appreciate it from that standpoint. So I want to thank everybody for tuning into this episode. Please go to cnjradio.com for further information, plus all the episodes of Rock Strikes 10. While you're on there, also check out The Synaptic featuring Randy Brown and True Alternative. While you're on cnjradio.com, check out the great blogs that Chris does with Last Theater on the left and the Wrestling House Show. Last but not least, extra special thanks to Pete and the guys from Spacebeard who got that great request in earlier for Birth Ritual. Awesome. Definitely go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband, purchase their latest record, Gone, and tell them the Rock Strikes 10 sent you. We'll see you on the next episode, everybody. Have fun. <laughs>